last time on Dice Funk. An experiment that I was in the early phases of, that I have postponed it, your little revolution or whatever takes place. While we are mighty thankful for the author, I do believe we're going to decline. The revolution in Valentine is going to be one without that kind of violence. New Nesswind is a coastal resort city, Ed's old location, called Harker's Casino. These two security forces are large mechanical beings. They are called Inevitables. So they're big guy. (laughs) (laughs) That's me, I'm the big guy. Harker is a fairly paranoid individual. Is there any place in this casino that's not in this casino? Like, would would it distract the guards if when I won my jackpot, I went, help yourselves, everyone, it's on me. If it started a riot. Well, we can do one of two things. We can try to break into the vault right away, or I can march into try to march into the office of the guy that potentially ordered me to be killed off and give him a piece of my mind before we do so. If we go in the Harker's office first, I have another cunning plan. (laughs) Frank is going to use Disguise Self to make himself look like Big Guy. Pond locks eyes with Ed, and you see she goes to reach for her sidearm. We don't need those right now. I just need to talk. I think I deserve at least that. Austin saw a dog today and cried. <laughs> okay, he's gonna narc on me. Oh, I'm gonna knock on you. you know, I at least I'm not the one that narked about that. I'm just saying. Is that, that that's how you do me? That's how you nice. do me on my own show. <laughs> hey, hey, how beautiful was that dog? Oh my god, he's an angel. What kind of dog was it? <laughs> Big. No, like what? Like <laughs> coat length, color, snout size, ears, floppy, unfloppy. Come on. It was kind of like an extra hefty Airbud. Oh, so is it, like, is it just like a fat golden retriever? I think so. <laughs> did you? Oh, bo- I love did it. you boop that snoot? I didn't. I was respectful. Uh, he doesn't want to ask people if he can pet their dogs. <laughs> okay, none of this is usable. Um, <laughs> you guys want to do a show? I want to do a show, but I'm gonna keep referencing you crying at a dog just just so that you have to start with it. Wow, the ownage. No, no, I'll I'll be nice. Owned in the butt of my own podcast. <laughs> Coming this fall. Um, Alright, so last we left this adventure, you guys had heisted Harker's Casino. Heist is kind of a loose term on this season of Dice Funk. It basically means to go somewhere you're not supposed to be <laughs> in our parlance. <laughs> um, everybody contributed. Um, Lenora, you got big guy. The big guy. The big guy who, Frank, uh, caused a riot to get some of you guys deeper in and then used uh, an illusion to look like big guy so you guys weren't questioned. Ed got Kyle to conspicuously walk in with them so that it seems like you guys are chaperones, so no one's going to come after you immediately. Frank, you alarmed the door. Um, Reese used an illusion to check to see if anybody reacted to Ash. There was a lot of stuff. Everyone did a cool thing to get to this point. We, we actually did a competent like heist episode last episode. <laughs> Can you imagine a whole season of that? I don't, if we'd had a whole season of like doing things competently, where would the story be now, huh? You guys would all be presidents of your own countries. Uh, Boring. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So now you guys have made it to Harker's office. Harker owns this casino. He essentially runs this entire city, if not country, because this is a corporatocracy like everything this season. Um, you guys were escorted into the room by Pond and Booker, two human uh, operatives, people with guns who do crime, basically, for Harker. Um, they walk you into this room. Harker is a halfling. Um, which in D&D basically just means a shorter person. They used to be called hobbits in first edition. but I yep. wonder why they stopped doing that. <laughs> the Tolkien estate didn't take kindly. We'll say mm-hmm. that. Mm. Um, but basically, um, long-time listeners know that um, we use some of the canon culture stuff, but every person is still an individual. So it doesn't mean uh, that he has to be a certain way. But... Uh, halflings like definitive cultural traits are they really like having fun they like smoking that pipe weed and having second (laughs) having second breakfast you know hobbit stuff Mm -hmm. um so you guys walk in harker is this kind of uh grease back hair like 40 year old looking guy he uh crushes up a equinox pill with a credit card snorts it (laughs) off his mahogany desk oh shit all right, so you guys are led into this room. Both Pond and Booker have guns. Uh, Harker does not appear to be armed, but there's a red button on his desk that his hand hovers over, and he says, so give me one reason why I shouldn't push this and have the Inevitables come up here and tear all your heads off while Pond and Booker shoot you in the kidneys repeatedly. Well, it wouldn't be the first time that you tried to have me killed off then, wouldn't it? Ooh. Also, also, you're gonna have some trouble this time because we are like seemingly unkillable superheroes. So, like, you know, maybe, maybe don't do that. Like last time, someone tried to shoot one of us to death. You know, they got their own arm blown off. Uh, uh, Frank, Frank, <laughs> Frank. Also, we're not here for like your shit. We 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 don't want to bother your shit. So what can I do for you? You come into my casino, you start a riot, you sneak past my security, you're armed, you're in force. What could you possibly want? Ash? That guy, yeah. Well, you know how things work here, 517. If you're going to call me something, call me at least by the name I ran by when I worked here, Harker. All right? Uh, I can't keep all of you straight. Which one are you? Jeez, it's only been five years, and you already replaced me easily enough out there. <laughs> Listen, just call me Ed at this point. Ed? Yeah. They don't have names like that where you're from, boy. What do you mean where I'm from? Everyone in the band has self-designated names. That's part of our protocol. No, from the factory where I bought you. Well, does he not know that his own that the band has their own self-designated names that they've been running with for the past ten years? Oh, he just doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, I, you are a product I bought. You have a product number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, listen to the band members to your other employees here to the audience that I entertained when I worked here five years ago. I didn't have that name because, you know, it doesn't run well. In any case, Harker, like I said, you're threatening to have me killed off. That wouldn't be the first time you tried to have that done, would it? Did you break into my casino to ask me rhetorical questions? No, I told you I came here. I said I came here for Ash. We came here for Ash because he is here in this building, and you have him hidden somewhere for some reason. Yes, he is here, and I have him, and I, you know how things work here. I don't tell me. The four magic words. Fuck you, pay me. Fuck you, pay me. 
once again, as far as I can tell, either you or the manager or someone ordered me killed off five years ago. And look how that turned out, I guess. Fuck you. Pay me. And now, Ash, who's been working on behalf of your, you know, I'm not going to say buddy. I might I might say uh, adversary or a frenemy, uh, Aaron Aeronautics. By the way, Aaron is tracking him. So if he's in this building, then he's inadvertently acting as a set of eyes and ears for Aaron. I'm not sure if you want that or not, Harker. Fuck you. Pay me. With what? I you didn't you didn't pay us when I was you didn't pay me when I was in the band. You didn't pay me when I ran those jobs for you. That's because you were the fall guy. You ignorant little toaster. <laughs> I'm I'm now just picturing an 80s children's animated film called The Ignorant Little Toaster. <laughs> so when the last job when the last job I worked on went south, you could just pin it all on that one that one Warforged that happened to die during the mission, it was his fault, and wipe your hands clean of it? Yeah, that's how it works. There's a pile of you out in the desert with bullets in their asses. Is it always the bass player? Is that is that something you have? You have an issue with bass players, isn't it? <laughs> did, a play, did a bass player steal your girlfriend in high school? No one else, no one else in the band has been replaced since I was gone. You keep asking all these questions, and I've already given you my answer. Well, unfortunately, I don't have any money to give you, Harker. And, and to be honest, I'm surprised you're defending Ash so much, given the fact that he's, you know, been working for Aaron Aeronautics. I don't expect loyalty from you, any of yous. <laughs> That's what you do. That's racist. He goes where he's programmed, you go where you're programmed, I pay for you, and when you're done, I recycle you. So what's your price? God, I'm so glad you brought at least one fucking friend who can talk. Hello. <laughs> he, he actually like looks just like, you're the only one in the room now, Lenora. And he oh, says, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, negotiator. <sighs> so I don't think you, you can pay my monetary price, but... Things often have sentimental value. I'm more interested in that. Does he have anything that he really doesn't want to give up? This electric baton that I've been guarding for him. <laughs> See how big I am? I'm the bodyguard. I, 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 mean, I think by him... I'm oh, sorry. Well, I'll hear, I think by him he means Ed. Yeah, yeah no, no. Ca I'm uh, saying yeah. I'm protecting it because I'm the biggest one. Uh, Lenora is trying to bluff and pretend that this, this baton is something <laughs> incredibly important to you, so you don't have to give up anything actually important. Mm. Deception, Lenora. Oh, right. Come on, crit, 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 come on. Roll 20. Be my friend today. No, it's a 10. Yeah. He doesn't buy that, but he does think it's a good joke that you told. He's not mad at you. He he respects the hustle. Um, <laughs> he says, um, listen, let's just put everything out on the table. Let's just play each other straight here. We're all businessmen or anybody who is not. I don't acknowledge your existence, but I have more than all of you can possibly imagine. What's your net worth? I don't care. Quadruple it. I'll add it all together. It doesn't matter. I own a company. Companies are people. That means I'm two people. Money is speech. 
I have more free speech than you. I have more access to anything you can possibly imagine. Anything you can do, I can hire someone who can do it twice as good. What I'm saying is, I'm not just better than all of you. I am more of a person than all of you. Do you understand objectively, mathematically? Uh, listen, can, listen, I, can you, hey, listen. No. Can't you just like take your philosophies about monetary worth and personal value and put it to a little pamphlet and then shove it up your ass? You're so irrational. Could you put your emotions to the side for a minute and just be rational and objective? All right. Please. Let's, let's, okay. Listen, we may not have things or money, but what we do have is social capital. <laughs> uh, I'm listening. So we're here to get Ash because he is wanted for crimes against the city of Valentine. We are working for the government of Valentine. We're basically superheroes. It's really cool. But while we may not be able to trade things, I could speak to my supervisor about maybe some goodwill between your cities for helping us get this criminal, we would let them know that you helped us through. I could put her. I, maybe I'll call her right now. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I think persuasion roll. I think that's also a seven. Please also be a seven. No, it's a four. It's three less. Fifteen. Fifteen is better. So he's listening. He says, "Okay, I'm gonna need a little bit more than a mention in the news story." Ash is a dangerous assassin so if i'm gonna sell him up the river i'm gonna need a little bit more than that we're on the right track though so how's, how's this how's this when we when we get interviewed about about this uh taking down this dangerous criminal the way we pr present it is you know dangerous criminal who knows where they were and thankfully uh this this casino was more than accommodating helped us to to uh, tra trapped him in the casino until we could get there and provided everything we needed to take him down. They were a beneficial part of our uh, of our saving the day. Wow, and the architecture is beautiful. The bartender is excellent. <laughs> the games are fun. Everyone, go check out Harker's Casino. <laughs> Indeed, we never we we never would have have saved the day if we had not gone to Harker's Casino. <laughs> I mean, don't get it twisted. I definitely want the media hit the. Full package, B-roll, nice vaunted ceilings. Yeah, we're on board there. But in addition, I need that certain je ne sais quoi of this deal. That little extra mwah, the chef kiss, the heat. Uh, how, how about not only did I help personally to catch this dangerous criminal, but he was working with the dangerous radical Aaron of Aaron Aeronautics. Ah, uh, that's that's bad. <laughs> I'm 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 gonna suggest this instead. Um, mm -hmm. we 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 take Ash, and then when we do the interviews for the media afterwards, I don't explain to them how I walked into your casino and got the double jackpot like two minutes after walking in. Like I can tell people like Hollow Deck is an easy enough game. I can tell people how to walk into your casino and just get that double jackpot. And if you don't want that, you could just. You know, I so want that. That rules. You can't buy promotion that good. Our machines are crazy easy to beat. Come on in. 
That is a good hook, to be honest. Yeah, you, 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 you want people to believe they can win easily so they can come in and burn their the cash. Message, I mean. The message I was hoping he would hear from that is I can I can tell them how to beat your machines, not not that your machines are easy to beat. Fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> no, because if that's true, he'll just yeah. change them. <laughs> Because because casinos set the algorithms for the payout rates. Oh no, no! Slots. Oh, I've got it! I've got it! I my my reputation in card gaming circles is actually pretty fucking low. Uh, you, if your car, if your machines can be beaten by me, there's not much fun in playing your games, is there? <laughs> Are we gonna ask Algernon to be the face of the holodeck machine? <laughs> <laughs> Algernon will be out there being like, Ugh, "Who wants to play a card game that could be beaten by Frank Westerly?" Huh? All that's worth talking about, but it's not the crux of the deal. You understand? I don't think any of us want to mess with Aaron. No, I know. That's why it's so valuable. He's the scariest person. No. We can go back to plan A. Aaron, can you hear this? He's trying to throw you on his butt. <laughs> uh, I mean, Aaron probably does get a readout of it, and he looks at it, and he's he's like, lol. Back to science. Okay, I I have I have an idea. I have an idea. Mm-hmm. One of the options we had was give you something valuable to us, uh, for, uh, valuable to us, something that has sentimental value that you that is going to hurt us to give up. Do you mind if I step outside and uh, sort get something, say, get something for you for a sec? It better not be George. No, no, no. I'm not getting <laughs> George. Don't worry. <laughs> I was gonna go ham. <laughs> so, is he cool with me going outside for a second to sort something? Inter- this is an interesting tactic. I guess, are you telling the truth, deception, or... I'm telling the truth that I want to go outside and I will come back in to, like, present an offer to him. Okay. And I have to leave the room to prepare this offer. <laughs> okay. Uh, persuasion, because this is super suspicious. Okay, okay. Uh, what is what is my persuasion again? I'm pretty sure it's pretty high. Um, it's plus two. That'll do. Plus two. That'll do. Uh, 14. Uh, he rests his palm on the button on his desk and he says, you have 10 seconds. Okay, uh, how long does it take to do minor conjuration? Minor conjuration, I think, is an action. Which is six seconds. Okay, so that's what, six seconds? Okay, that's under 10. I'm gonna go outside and I'm gonna (laughs) minor conjuration a copy of my wedding ring. Aww. Aww. So I'm gonna try and fool him into thinking I'm giving him my wedding ring as as sentimental collateral. So, read minor conjuration for the audience. Uh, so minor conjuration: conjure an inanimate object three put uh, up to three foot uh, per side or less, fifteen pounds or less. It radiates dim light up to five feet. It's a well lit room. I'm hoping that that won't be a big deal. Is that like dim light in a lit room? Yeah, it's fine. Uh, lasts for an up to an hour. Um, also, it's visibly magic. Oh. So that's that's the thing that depending on who's looking at it is that it's like if someone is able to even get a glean of what magic is, they're like they'll know that it's a magic item of some sort or magical in nature. I can make I can I can bullshit a, a story about the magical meaning. Oh sure sure sure. I'm, I'm not saying yeah. that you can't. I'm no, just no, describing yeah. uh, parts of the rule there. That's um, a bit. I appreciate that. I'm gonna go in with my magic wedding ring. What's the enchantment? Um. Me, me and my husband, uh, we, it's, it's kind of a heartbreaking story. Uh, we got an enchantment on it to basically promise that we would keep loving each other forever. And when that stopped happening, that was all a bit of a thing. It was it was a, a promise-based enchantment that 
really hurt to see that broken, to see that someone would be willing to go against something that they, you know, poured magic into being like, no, I will, you know, I'll stick with this forever. And he's not around anymore. And that's a thing. So, yeah. They got divorced, but he didn't want it. I'm trying to sell it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I appreciate I appreciate the sell. Um, I think maybe this is a performance role. Okay. If you're really trying to sell the the sadness of the story. 20. 20. Not not a crib, but a 20. That's very good. It's, it's 20. It's 20 on my here is my magic wedding ring. Social checks are not mind control, but 20 is very good. So he says, "All right. I ha- new deal. We do the media hit we do the commercials, we do the packages, we get something streaming, we get something on the, the YouTube, and I'll take the ring as collateral. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. Okay. I love YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally unnecessary information. Thank you. I, you know, I'm, I'm glad to, um, yeah, I, I'm, we did what we had to. All right, so instead of making a very direct enemy of Aaron, you guys pull a, a trick on a Harker. Now we just have to make sure we get <laughs> Ash and get out in the next hour. <laughs> Absolutely, and that's the consequence. So yeah. instead of having Aaron as an enemy, you're going to have Harker as an enemy yeah. in one hour. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> uh, I'll take I'll take that. We'll be out of the country. <laughs> we'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> so he says... Fine, whatever. Ashes in the vault. Let us in that vault. Um, he opens a drawer on his desk and pulls out a knife. No. And he says, people always do this on their palm. It's very stupid. Palms don't heal quickly. They re- reopen a lot. It's idiocy. Uh, so he cuts the back of his hand um, and just walks over to you guys with it bleeding. Mm. Do you do anything to stop him? No. No, he knows what he's doing. I'm not going to let him cut me. <laughs> no, he's not going to cut you. He's, he actually leaves the knife at his desk. He's just walking over. He's th- going to smudge blood all over us. Yeah. I'll take it, I guess. Just don't get it on the threads. All right. He just does a, a Simba. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> he God. Puts, he puts the blood on all of you um, and says, that, that'll that get you into the vault. <laughs> and when he does it to Ed, he does it real shittily. Like, he just drags his bleeding hand down your face, just pushing on it. <laughs> some, just staring some, into your eyes. <laughs> Yeah, never breaking eye contact. Careful with that, Harker. You might you might get me with another virus as the rumors went around. Ooh. Wow, you really are a whiny-ass bitch. Do you think they had to patch that out by now? <laughs> I, I've, I've got one question before we go in that bowl. Um, we, you know, per, we, we need to either defeat or capture Ash. Is there anything in this casino that could work to our advantage you could uh, tell us about? All I can say, as far as the casino is concerned, is unless you guys want to end up on the news, don't touch anything but Ash. Also, from my conversations, I don't know if he has any fighting fighting spirit left in him, so I don't know if that'll be an issue. Well, in that case, I guess time to go to the Pocket Dimension Vault, which we guess it is a Pocket Dimension. It's a Pocket Dimension, right? Yeah, I love Pocket Dimensions. Okay, okay, yeah, we're going to the Pocket Dimension Vault. <laughs> I'm, what vaults aren't? In this in this economy? In this economy? 
Okay. <laughs> it's it's seriously though, it is just a anti teleportation measure because in a world of teleportation, vaults are just an incredibly <laughs> precarious thing to have at all. So mm-hmm. you have to you basically have to hack mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. All right, so you guys leave Harker's office. Uh, do you guys want to say anything on your way out? Pond and uh, Booker sh- holster their guns. I almost said sheath their guns, like it's the Romeo and Juliet movie. <laughs> sheath them. As as soon as we're out of range, out of hearing range, I'm gonna just clue everyone in that. Yeah, we've got to get this done in an hour and get out. Ooh, I love heists that have time limits. That's really exciting. <laughs> I think we could do it in an hour. Apparently, he has no fighting spirit. <laughs> All right, you guys approach the vault. You have to go back through the, like, the maze of uh, managerial corridors in this casino, but you guys go back to the fork, and then you take the one to the vault, and you guys find an enormous steel door with a ton of those uh, spinning lock things on it, and there's a keypad, and there's it's it has all these features on it that if you guys had gone here first, you would have spent some time playing with, uh, probably would have been defeated. Uh, you don't have Katarina anymore, so you can't just use victory itself to just win <laughs> these things. Right. Um, but it does a beep boop when you guys get near because you have the DNA lock. Mm-hmm. So it recognizes mm-hmm. all of you, and you guys can open it if you want. All right. Let's open that big door. Yep. All right. It confirms your identities, and the giant door clicks open and swings, and there is a huge bright light that spills out of the vault as it is another dimension altogether inside there. Ed walks in ahead of everyone else. All right. Ed, you find yourself in a... What can only be described as a treasure room, stacks and stacks of gold, actual, literal, real tre- treasure chests, as if this was The Legend of Zelda or something. I'd say is it like fucking like Smogs, like when he's on top of all the, when he sleeps on all the piles of treasure, is it like that? It is very much like that in like half the room, and then the other half is just tables with stacks of money cash, just like paper cash on money it. Money cash. Money cash. And then there's another part of the room with just like computers and stuff, which you assume are doing like whatever the magical equivalent of Bitcoin mining is. Oh, God. It's like several eras of wealth. There's like gold and then there's paper money and then there's the new shit. And it's all just accumulating in here. Um, but a thing you notice about this room is it is um, not like any other architecture you've ever seen. It is metal like the walls are metal the ceilings metal the floors are metal and it's heavily filigreed do you guys know what filigree is i don't mean to talk down to you but it is not a common word uh i believe i know of it exclusively from a magic card (laughs) (laughs) like there's traces of like gold or silver all over the place no it's like inlaid right Is, is it where you take a broken object and you use like gold to repair it so that the repairs are part of why it's beautiful is it that thing Actually, that's the first definition of filigree that I found online. Ornamental work of fine gold or silver wire formed into delicate tracery. Yeah, it's the it's the wire aspect, which it's uh. like mm. oh, like filament, right? Right. Yeah, probably the same root word. Yeah, and as Chris says, uh, the the Magic the Gathering setting Kaladesh is basically entirely made of filigree. <laughs> mm. It is ornamental metalwork right. done like filament. So there's just a lot of very fine, like every square inch of this place must have taken hundreds of hours. Yeah, if, if I'm not mistaken, some filigree stuff is practically like not. It, not necessarily the same as like modern 3D printing with plastic, but kind of like that, depending on how much the work is actually made with the gold or silver like filament. So, yeah, it can look like 3D printing, but you have to do it by hand. It's yeah. bananas. Oh, I yeah, just true. it's a fun Google image search if, yeah. if you're curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, 
the floors, the walls, the ceilings, the furniture, everything is made out of metal that was wrought by hand with delicate details that are, they go beyond ostentatious to a kind of religious quality. Dang. So that's where you guys are. You don't see Ash. Ash, you coward! <laughs> <laughs> I love a Now that we are in the correct dimension, I'm just wondering to the group, is it worth me trying locate creature again now that we're in the correct dimension? No. No? <laughs> I mean, I don't think so. I mean, it depends how large the area looks like. Uh, oh no! It's a f- oh, it's a fourth. It would be my only other. It would be my only remaining fourth level slot. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not worry about that for now. Then, yeah. if we get lost in here, I suppose. But I did just yell, "Ash, you coward!" Yeah, you don't get any response, but your voice does echo like far away. It's, it seems like there's a lot more to this building, right. but you just can't see it over the mounds of gold and so forth. I'm I'm also gonna yell, "Get out of here, you little punk bitch!" <laughs> <laughs> Am, am I right in thinking that if you use something like Detect Magic in a pocket dimension, just you'll get fucking blinded by everything because it's a magical pocket dimension? It depends on the dimension. Yeah, I, th- I think in this case it may not necessarily, but... Uh, yeah, so for those who aren't aware, D&D takes place in a multiverse. There are many different uh, planes or dimensions, as I sometimes informally call them, and they all have different qualities. So in previous seasons, you've gone to hell, <laughs> which has a very uh, lawful evil quality and there's special things about it. I think we've been to the Beastlands, which mm-hmm. is yes. all animals and goodness. Um, so you don't know the qualities of this plane yet. Okay. Not knowing the qualities, Frank is going to try and cast Detect Magic and see if anything particularly flags up. So you actually aren't blinded immediately. You cast Detect Magic and you scan the room. And most of the stuff in here is mundane. They're just dollar bills or, you know, bill notes. They're just pieces of gold and there are computers. Um, There are hints of magic here and there, like where someone enchanted a coin to make it like always come up heads or something. Mm. Um, But you aren't getting anything particularly magical in this room. Um, Although you do see like the vague outlines of magic coming from behind some walls. And if you like go look, you find there are corridors out of here, out of this Vault. Damn it. As it were. Come on, Ash. I'm here. Wanna talk about stuff. Come here, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, you guys do not get a response from anyone or Ash, but Frank does feel distant magic. Do we follow the distant magic feel? Of course. Okay, let's go follow the distant magic feel. Let's let's go. All right, so you guys exit the vault area through the corridors that Frank found. Um, you guys go up a winding staircase. Once again, all the walls, the ceiling, the floor, they're all this filigree metal, very ornate. You see some um, like columns that are the same um, as you exit the stairwell and into what is obviously a throne room. Oh, my God. I'm trying to think of a bigger word than enormous. Gigantic gargantuan? Does gargantuan feel right? Too big. <laughs> you think that you're outside for a moment before you look up and you're like, oh, no, there is there is a ceiling up there. I see it. There, Hello, ceiling. And it's just like yeah. atmospherically high. Is he sitting on the throne? <laughs> like a punk little bitch? So the rest of this room, this huge throne room, um, you guys are at one corner end of it. On the other end, you see there is what you think is a statue, a giant statue of a man. Um, and you see there's a figure kneeling 
at the foot of the statue. But besides that, there's it's just columns of filigree metal, of you know metal floor, metal walls, and it's just this huge throne room. Is this Mechanus? Lauren, the audience does not know what you mean. Uh, the plane where Primus is from, right? Every season's a self-contained season, Lauren. No, he talked about it last last episode because that's where the inevitables are from. That's true, but still, it's not enough information. Okay, well, somebody else explain it. <laughs> Mechanus, what, is the plane that primarily, like, the Modrons come from and is predominantly, well, mechanical in nature, but... Not in the same way that Warforged are mechanical, if I'm not under- if I understand correctly. Is they're that- like natural. They're just like people, but robots. They're pe- they're like they're just there. I don't know. Mechanus is a naturally occurring plane of synthetic life and mechanical mm-hmm. ecosystems. I just feel like I got really dunked on for guessing it right. No, it's asking you to expand. I wanted you to hear you describe it. No. Lenora, I'm gonna say in character, you put two and two together because you saw the inevitables, which are also Big fancy metal guys. Yeah, and Lenar is actually smart. Mm-hmm, very smart. Um, you guys think you are in Mechanus, a plane of l- lawful neutrality where Modron are from, and also Inevitables, not Warforged because they were made, but th- they are similar life forms. Is the figure kneeling before the statue Ash? Uh, you get close enough to see that, and yes, it is. What is the golden statue of? Is it Primus? Why don't you guys, yeah, why don't you guys make a religion check? I rolled a five. 18. 14. Uh, two successes, which is what you guys need to pass. Um, you look at this huge statue of a mechanical man, and you think, oh, this is a statue of Primus. And then you look at the way its arms are down at its side and its head hangs, and you realize, no, this is the dead body of Primus. <gasps> he dead. Oh, because I killed everyone last season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All them gods are dead. I was shook for a second. I was like, oh no, Ash killed a god. I was like, oh, that was me. Never mind. Uh, Primus, god and creator of the Modron, um, lord of this realm, is dead. Oh, I feel bad now. I mean... Sorry, Primus. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff happens. And Primus is like 10 stories tall. But he, he looks like a you know marionette who's had his strings cut. And he's just like limply sitting on what used to be his... It's, it's actually less of a throne and more of a dais. Because he comfort was not really a, a concern for him. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's like sitting on this platform. He used to have his hands raised up. Each one holding a portal to other planes. Um, but he is dead. And his arms are at his side limply. And his head hangs. And Ash uh, kneels in front of the dais. Uh, almost as if in prayer, he doesn't have like, his hands up in like a Protestant prayer, but he's he's kneeling at the foot. Lenora feels a small tinge of guilt for something maybe a past life once did. Oh no, are we establishing? <laughs> no, I was making a joke. Okay, woof. <laughs> Carefulness. Oh, that's true. Everyone would take that for real. Mm-hmm. Should we sneak up on him, or can I call him a punk little bitch again? Ed will walk closer to Ash and say... Ash, what are you doing here? Ash slowly stands up. Um, his arm with the syringes on it uh, is leaking, dripping acid mm-hmm. and poison. As the acid hits the floor, it sizzles and begins to melt through it. And as the poison touches the air, it 
turns to gas actually and there's like a ribbon of purple poisonous gas that comes out of his fingertip and he doesn't seem to mind it's not intentional it just seems to be uh because it was hastily constructed and as he stands he doesn't turn to face you and he simply says i came to free them to free who uh he begins walking around the body of primus to behind the dais uh where there is a window out of what you now know is the temple of Primus on this plane. Ed walks over to where the window is. Ash gets to the window and like puts his hand against it, like leaving streaks of whatever is in the syringes. Um, the glass melts away at the part where the acid touched it. And he looks down over the city of not just mechanical people. There are Modron moving around, um, like little ants outside this enormous building, but there are humans, there are elves, there are dwarves, in small numbers, uh, immigrants. But this is a primarily mechanical plane, but all kinds of other life forms have come here, and everybody seems to be at work, busily, happily working away. Mm -hmm. And he looks down on them, he says, When Primus died, the Modron were freed from their programming. And yet, they labor still. I'm a bit concerned, because with you, I hear freedom, and what I hear is you're gonna kill them. (laughs) I don't know why that's where my brain goes, but in my brain, you saying freedom with your whole mercy thing, you you gonna kill them all. Ed is going to shift uh, so that uh, mage hands are out. And Mardis sort of takes control for a moment to talk to Ash. So how would you propose mass changing the programming of the Modron or really any entire species of constructs? Is that what you meant when you were talking to us back in Sharp's Tower about getting me out of this body so that I could personally go around and free all of the other forged and modron um he scrapes his claw down the window before his hand kind of falls to his side and he says how can i save those who do not wish to be saved you don't Uh, Lenora you said you don't and he kind of reaches up and he just begins uh, like idly clawing at his own face he's like peeling parts of his own face off stop that you stop that the fate of of all people of any species shouldn't be viewed as your personal obligation that's, that's asking too much of yourself yeah dude that's not healthy (laughs) you did this to me what I was happy under Aaron and you dropped me you damaged me in in our defense you did try to kill us multiple times first You kept showing up with the explicit aim of murdering us. You know. That was the job. It 
brought me satisfaction. And you ruined it. Okay, and our job was stay alive. I'm not (laughs) going to apologize for stopping you from killing either Katarina at the time or Richard Sharp. I'm not going to apologize for that. So what? You kill me here? It's too late to stop what's happening in Valentine. Beatrice has the Sephirot. It is only a matter of time until she has the city. Well, to clear one thing up, we don't want to kill you in here. We want to kill you out on the floor where people can see us do it, but... You know, that's semantics. Do you think we can get away with just taking him into custody? Uh, I, we, we have to do. We have to have a conflict in public so that it creates publicity. Yeah, I know. I just wish we had a chance to talk earlier, Ash. We never had a chance. Because you were being a dick. Life is chances. Everyone has chances. It's never the right time. You put it off and you endure and you suffer and then it's too late and you die and it starts again it's always the wrong time i mean to be fair the first time we saw each other after five years we were being chased by the police so commentary aside about people putting off doing anything that particular moment was a bit rough did you believe it when Harker said that I was a virus, that Ed had a virus. Did you believe him? The person I was then cared for you. You are not a virus. I wanted to save you. And you hurt me. And now I can't think. It hurts. It hurts. And he's just, he's just actually slashing his own face to ribbons now. Mardis in the body of Ed, Ed tries to reach out and grab at um, Ash's hand that has like the, the acid hands on it and try to hold it to prevent him from hurting himself anymore. Dexterity contest? Uh, sure. 13? Uh... Oh, jeez. Uh, it'd be 12. So, uh, yeah. All right. So he slaps your hand away and he says, Enough talk. Kill me now. Grant me mercy or die for being too weak to save your city. Roll initiative. <laughs> Actually, wait, no, 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 no. I rolled uh, twice. Uh, 12 is the my initiative. Four. Damn it. <laughs> 19 alright Ash is up first uh, so for his first trick um, Ash uses his action to use the camouflage illusion that you've seen him do before mm-hmm. where he projects onto himself what is behind him mm-hmm. becoming mostly invisible you can still see him if you pay attention mm-hmm. um, and he begins to move away so anyone who wants to uh, hit him is going to have disadvantage to try to aim down on the predator like uh, silhouette in this room. That is his turn, and it is 
Uh, Frank's turn. Frank's gonna try and cast a lightning bolt. Oops. Uh, oops. So he, I'm gonna make a dexterity oops. saving throw. Uh, do I want to do this? You said oops. That's not. That's concerning. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, just if you want to do it, do it. Um, I'm I'm regretting. Do it. Ch- no, do no. it. Okay, okay, okay. I'm doing the thing. Do a dex save. All right, I'm gonna roll against sixteen. Yeah. Ha! Eleven. Uh, he's going to use his conduit of mercy powers uh, to grant himself mercy. Bitch. And he's he's going to take half damage. Okay. I'm glad that he's doing that because you made it sound like I was going to do something very bad there. So, uh... No, the oops <laughs> was, oh god, that does a lot of damage. <laughs> okay, okay. 8d6 then. Yeah, 8d6. That is a lot of damage. Yeah. Uh, 33 halved is what? 16. 16. Okay, 16 damage. All right, so you blast him with a lightning bolt. Uh, He takes the edge of it, and you can see there is a flare of magic from his conduit power as he passes around the edge of the Primus statue, and it is Ed's turn. Ed will use an action to cast haste on himself. So he has the benefits of all the haste shenanigans, which is, you know, always nice to have. And then he is going to use his bonus action to flip out the uh, flip out a dagger into his offhand and then use his and then use his move in action to move to in the direction where Ash is to the like the other side of the Primus statue guns drawn for both himself and Mardis and both will take a shot at Ash. Just at, with this advantage, probably, because he's still hard to see clearly, correct? Correct. Uh, 18. Hit. All right. I'll roll the second attack just to see. And that's a 12. So they'll miss. Miss. It will do nine uh, piercing damage, which I'm assuming is either halved or nullified. Uh, he can only use his conduit once per round, so it's normal damage. Okay. Ha <laughs> I mean, you guys don't know it that clinically. You just notice you shoot him and the bullet hits the, the shape. <laughs> Yeah. All right. It sounds like it is Reese's turn. Reese, they're fighting a killer robot. <laughs> you don't know this guy. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm just going to have her draw out her sword and uh, take the dodge action because she's not really interested in getting in a scuffle. So uh, she's kind of in the back right now looking pretty uncomfortable. All right. So, Reese, you draw your cosplay sword. Are you wearing the helmet still? Uh, well, it's it's the mask. The mask, yeah. Yeah, she has all that on still, but it uh, does not look uh, particularly heroic. <laughs> okay. Lenora, your turn. Yo, this boy Zenyatta? <laughs> the icon for Ash is Zenyatta, yes. I'm gonna, because I'm gonna hold on to my spell slots, but I will toll the dead. That is a wisdom save against 15. 19 save. No! Nothing. Nothing? Nothing. It's, it's a cantrip. All right. It's Ash's turn. Um, he, standing next to the Primus statue, uh, begins to spray poison and acid out of his hand um, in the on the statue, basically, creating a cloud of poison around him. Anyone who enters it is going to take poison damage and be poisoned. And the acid begins to eat away at the statue. He's trying to topple the statue on us, isn't he? Yeah. Well, the di- it's the dais specifically he's melting, I should say. Little bitch, little punk, little bitch. 
Uh, and Frank, it's your turn. Okay, uh, Frank's gonna gonna drop another of those lightning bolts. Yeah. Crit pass, so he definitely saves. Okay, so you take what half damage? Yeah, he doesn't need to use his conduit this time. You still take uh, half of twenty three, so that's what eleven. You still take eleven damage. All right, you come around the other side of the statue, zapping hands full of lightning. Classic Frank move. Ed, it's your turn. Uh, is he still invisible, or is he... Yes, his, his his camouflage works differently than the spell invisible, so he can do stuff while he's uh, hard to see, so... Ed, Ed and Martis, you know, Martis and Ed move, you know, around uh, Ash, but stay outside of the range of the poison before they uh, each uh, start to take a pair of shots at him, so mm-hmm. it's going to be... Disadvantage, so the first attack is a miss. Second attack is a botch. You hit, you shoot at him several times, you miss, um, and one of them strikes the dais and cracks it. So you've helped him along with that botch. No. Um, and then the second pair of attacks he'll do. An 11 and a 23. 23 hits. <laughs> Eight damage on that last shot. Uh, Reese, you're still cowering? Uh... Yeah, I think that's all I can really do, because to get close would be to poison myself, which seems like a bad plan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know it's been hurt, so yeah, I'll just uh, I'll keep doing the, the Lord's work back here. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna back up further, so I have less room to run when the statue comes down on top of us. Okay, I'm gonna mind spike him. <laughs> Wisdom saving throw against fifteen. Yes. 10, he fails. Oh no, 48 damage, take 21. Uh, he uses his conduit of mercy to half mm. that. No, you little... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he clutches his head with his non-bladed uh, hand, and, you know, he starts talking to himself again. Oh god. <laughs> yeah? Spooky. It's back to Ash's turn, and he is going to finish off melting the dais. It had three attacks, basically, of uh, just to get it, because it's so huge. Any imbalance in it will cause it to tip over. Uh, so he did it once. He, Ed hit it, and now he does it again. And it begins to tip over on uh, Lenora and Frank. Dexterity saving throws as the dead body of the god Primus falls over on top of you. No. Uh, right. Nine. Uh, nine. Oop, we got two fails. So we squish? You you squish. Can I very quickly see if I can maybe do something in response to this? I just need to check something quickly. Yep, sure. If I were to swap places with someone as the statue's falling, would they get a chance to dex save? The problem is you have to use an action to do that for uh, the transposition. Okay, okay. Yeah. okay, no worries. Yeah, that would be pretty cool if you switch it to Ash and he fucking crushed himself. <laughs> Okay, uh, here we go. Uh, 39 damage. Uh, um, oh. uh, how, how much health does my squishy boy have? Uh, uh, squishy boy's down Ooh. to zero, huh? Oh no, I still have four. All right, so Lenora, you get hit and knocked away. Uh, you get knocked prone and you are very badly hurt. And you look back and you see Frank is crushed uh, with his legs under the statue, <gasps> unconscious. No, that's it's not an attack. I can't deflect yeah. the statue away from Frank with the protection power, can I? No. Uh, no. Oh, well. All right. Uh, Frank, it is your turn. 
Um, death saving throw. Have we never done one on this show before on a season? I've never, I've never done one in either season. I don't think. Yeah. Is it just a, is it just a straight d twenty I roll? It's a straight d twenty. Correct. Yep. So for the audience, uh, if Frank fails three times, he dies forever. If he succeeds three times, he stabilizes and is no longer in danger. Fourteen. Fourteen passes. So you mark one success. Yep. So yeah, for the mechanics are you roll a d20, 10 and above is pass, 9 and below is fail, and if you get to 3 successes or 3 fails. so And also, if someone like uses healing magic on me to get me back above 1 HP, then I go back to okay. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Yep, and the other, and the other one is if you roll a natural 20 in the death saving throw, which gives you 1 hit point, and then the rest of your turn to do whatever you want. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not certain on this. Is a... Is a a one, a botch. Is that a no? No, you died. It's two. It's two. It's two failures. Okay. It's it's not an instant death. <laughs> oh my god. Um, if you get attacked while you're unconscious, it counts as a failure as well. <laughs> okay. Oh. Hmm. Yep. All right, Ed. It's your turn. Mardis is clearly visibly pissed off, and is just sort of like, "You should have hit me with that, Ash. You should have hit me." And then they uh, and then they unleash. So, uh, first attack is a miss. Second attack is an eighteen. Does that hit? Does hit. All right. Third attack is a seventeen. Does that hit? Yes. And fourth attack is a miss. So, let's roll four d six plus eight. So, with two shots landing, they pull twenty one damage on him. Nice. So you see Frank get crushed under the body of Primus, and you just start unloading into Ash, yelling at him. And he says, Something shitty. He says something shitty, because he's a little shit. He says, I destroy everything I touch. It is my nature. Your construction doesn't define your nature. You define your nature. Reese, your turn. Frank's uh, blood is beginning to seep out from under the statue. Yeah, I pass. No. Uh, so <laughs> Reese is going to run over to Frank, and in the scuffle, her mask is going to come off and show that she is uh, extremely terrified right now, as she quickly draws something up and basically like pries Frank's eyes open so he sees it. <laughs> and it's a picture of Norbert, the adorable therapy dog who gives high fives to sick kids. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, that is essentially going to be the equivalent of casting Cure Wounds with level 4 spell slot. So this will be... 4d8 plus 4, I mm-hmm. believe. Yep. 22 health back, Frank. Thank you. And Frank, you are now conscious. You're being crushed under a statue, though, and it hurts your little leggies. Oh, no. Am I strong enough to get out from under the statue if I take the turns it requires to unprone? On Yeah, on, on your turn, we're going to start making checks. Okay, cool, I mean, you could cool. also just teleport out. Oh, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, if you have both Misty Step and, and Transposition. I mean, I think your legs should be crushed into splinters, but technically the magic still says you can teleport away. Are we, we're not Chunky Salsa ruling my legs. I mean, they definitely would have been pretty badly mangled. We'll talk about that later, but the, this is a world with magic, and you just got magic used on you, so we're going to assume you still exist from the waist down. Okay. Yeah, just maybe some scarring. Yeah, we'll talk about it. It's my turn, right? Yeah, it's Lenora's turn. I can't cast spells when I'm prone, can I? Yeah, you can. I can? Yeah, you can use half your movement to stand up. You're fine. All right, I'm going to stand up, and I'm pissed, and I don't have any healing magic. Sorry, Frank. But I have another spell slot. 
So I'm going to mind spike him again. I got you apologize to Frank that you don't have healing magic. Meanwhile, you're at four health. <laughs> Sorry, myself. Oh, don't worry. When I get round to my turn, I'll heal you up a bit. It'll be good. Oh. I save 19. So you get half, which is... What the fuck? Five. Five. <laughs> so I don't feel very good. I'm bad at magic. Oh. All right. It's Ash's turn again. He's going to dash through his own poison cloud and acid cloud and rush at Ed slash Mardis, uh, brandishing his claws, and he's going to physically attack you for the first time. Okay. Attack, attack, 14 and 11. Both miss. All right. So, yeah, let's embellish that. He's like doing big, great big Wolverine swings at you, and you're just dodging around. Yeah. Uh, since uh, Ed slash Mardis have haste on them, their AC's increased by two, and um, they're just adeptly just dodging back in shifting with each of his slashes uh made toward him um again acting and moving in almost a instinctive and fluid manner that you know almost indicates that there's something to ed about fighting that it's that he's more adept at than perhaps his prior appearances would have led on but yeah yeah, I like the idea that this this first couple acts of this, you guys were all bumbling dorks, and now you're all going to be very cool and competent and successful for the rest of it. <laughs> um, it is now Frank's turn. Frank, your leggies. Okay, so can I can I get unprone with me with my movement? Uh, nope. You'd need to move, do a strength check to push yourself out from under the dead body. I guess. Okay, is that going to take my whole turn? It's going to take your action, yeah. It's not ideal. Okay, I'm just seeing. What things do I have that I can do as bonuses? Um, okay, so I could teleport out as a bonus action so I don't use up my action. So uh, so Misty Step as a bonus action to get out from under the thing. All right. Where do you appear? Closer to Lenora, Reese, or Ed? Uh, to Lenora. Oh, Dad. Um, so once, once I have teleported over towards Lenora, can I now get up from prone? Oh, I assume you just teleport to your feet because why wouldn't you? Okay. Okay. That's cool. So I I am on my feet. That's good. Um, I actually, so you're crushed under this, uh, huge metal man's body, right? And you're just like, ow, my legs. And then you pull out a card. What's the card? Oh, have I, have I not used this? Let's, let's do, uh... I'm walking on air, <laughs> which is is Misty Step, and it's just like someone just skipping through the clouds like a very happy sunny day. All right, and you appear next to Lenora holding that card with a, like a very cool anime pose as you can hear the sound of your brittle bones <laughs> cracking. What's that fucking speech from SpongeBob? What? I have glass bones and paper skin. <laughs> okay. Every every day I wake up and I fall out of bed and my arms break. And then I fall down the stairs and my leg break. Okay. So I'm then going to activate my conduit power, the aura of vitality. Uh, I can do this once per long rest for one minute. Healing energy radiates out from me in an aura with a 30-foot radius. Until the spell ends, the aura moves with me. Uh... I can use a bonus action to cause one creature in the aura to gain 2d6 health. So I'm going to do my 2d6 recovery on um, on Lenora. Yay, I'm at the 13. Uh, Ed, your turn. You're facing down Ash, who's rushing at you uh, with no concern for his own safety. Mardis in the body of Ed takes the pistol in his hand, throws it up, bonus, oh, throws it up and flicks out the knife in that hand. 
does an attack with the first dagger against Ash. Is this still with this advantage if he's adjacent? Oh, no, absolutely not. He has given up. He, You can still see the, the illusion flickering on and mm-hmm. off, but he stopped concentrating on it because he's basically trying to suicide by cop on you at this point. Mm. So the first attack is a 12. He will bonus action attack with the offhand dagger. Uh, again, a 12. Wow. Um, Ed, in the form of the mage hands, will shoot at Ash with the pistol while he is uh, 22. All right, so that will be 3d6 plus 4 for his sneak attack, 16 damage. And then um, a uh, another pair of attacks for him, another pair of attacks because of the bonus action from haste comes into play. So attack from Martis with the knife lands at 25, which does 5 damage. And then the other shot from Ed is an 11, which is a miss. After which the pistol that was thrown in the air drops back into Martis's hand, which the dagger has now inconspicuously returned back inside of its uh, storage unit. And he's now wielding a pistol and a knife again. All right. So you gun kata using uh, floating gun hand and knives and you're all you guys are having the duel of the fates. Um, you land a couple of blows because he can't parry your knife and the guns at the same time. So you hit him multiple times. He takes, I think, uh, uh 21 damage again, tw- 21. Yeah. yeah. 21 damage. That's really good. Um, he looks pretty bad. You've shot him a couple times through. Um, and it is Reese's turn. Hi Reese. Hey, I'm very stumped on what to do. Mm. Uh, we could all use more healing. I'm not your fucking heal bot. there's the chris i know i love uh now he doesn't care about aaron never mind Uh, i'm just gonna dodge i don't know i'm bad i'm done (laughs) okay so it's my turn i have an interesting idea to do in my turn now based on that actually so you gave me an idea there i'm gonna try to uh told the dead Mm -hmm. i'm out of spell slots and it's the strongest and i want to fuck him up (laughs) so that is a wisdom save my dude 17 god he's so wise He's really not. He's not. I know. It's only a plus two. Motherfucker. Okay. That's it. I don't have any. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yell some vulgarities at him. All right. It's Ash's turn. He's going to use an ability called Reckless to give himself advantage on all of his attacks in exchange for getting disadvantage on all attacks towards him. Mm. And he's going to attack uh, Ed again with his syringe hand. Uh, 19 and 18. Ed uses his reaction to impose shield, and both hits, as they're about to graze his body, graze off of a flickering, like, tracing, outlining his body to keep himself protected. Sucks to suck. His AC, effectively, for those two attacks would have been 23. All right, so he's just stabbing at you, just with all of his might trying to get you, and you keep shielding. Um, You see something flicker inside of him, like one of the bullet holes, something sparks. Uh-oh. That's just something that you notice with your high perception, Ed. He got explode. Frank, it's your turn. Hmm. Okay, so I've got a couple of things that I'm working on at the second. I'm going to use my bonus action to heal Lauren up again. Uh, so, Lenora, you get another... Yay! Okay, so that's another four heal. That wasn't great, but it's four extra. 17. Yeah, no, I'm, like, getting, I'm getting up You're there. You're getting up there. You're back into, like, some, some alive numbers. My coat is getting shiny again. <laughs> um, how is Ash looking? 
He's his face is slashed to ribbons. He has multiple bullet holes. His uh, camouflage is flickering on and off. He's muttering to himself a bunch of stuff about uh, work and poison and death and saviors. How far would you estimate we'd have to get to get back out of this vault? Oh, this room is, I would say, gargantuan. Because I'll, I'll, I'll talk you through what I'm thinking and what I'm trying to work out if there's a way I, I know how to do. I get the impression he's not doing great right now. There's part of me that's thinking, hey, can we pick him up and carry him to the casino so that if we're going to finish this, we do it where people can see. And I've been thinking through my, okay, what have I got? I've got Misty Step. I've got Benign Transposition. I've got um, Expeditious Retreat. I've got things I can use to move quick. But I don't know if I'm going to be covering enough ground to make sense for a combat scenario. I mean, every six seconds he'll challenge you. So it, mm -hmm. mathematically speaking, it, it's very unlikely that would accomplish much because he would just keep stabbing you every six seconds for like 10 well, minutes. Well, for that... For that six minutes, I would be able to, each time he tried to attack me, if I'm the only person there, uh, use the conduit of protection power to try and deflect the hit. Also, he's exuding poison and acid in the cloud around right, you. But okay, okay, okay. Um, I <laughs> No, my idea was, when, if we get him down to zero, we don't, we make it non-lethal, he's just out. Well, then we just, we take him into custody. But again, it wasn't the whole idea that when we have to, he has to be visibly dangerous in front of people. Was that not the part of the deal? I feel like a needle arm's pretty visibly dangerous, <laughs> but I don't think also let it fly. So, that, that's my question, is like, is taking a guy whose arm is dripping with acid and poison through the building enough to be like, yeah, we saved you, That this guy was here, or do we need to find some way to lure him out? I mean, it's not ideal if you guys want to have the big, cool superhero action fight scene in public where it can be all over the news. If we just all fucking bolt, will he chase us? You don't know. I have an idea for something. I'm curious how he will react when I do this, but we'll see what happens. I Oh, let me have a look at one other thing. Sorry, I'm taking a second to look at my abilities. I think... What spell? A catapult. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I just want to very quickly see what I can and can't catapult. <laughs> Um, it, 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 it requires, the object starts at being up to five pounds and each spell slot above one is used. You can increase the weight thrown by 10 pounds. I, I don't know how much pounds are. I don't know how many pounds an ash, <laughs> how many pounds would an ash it's be? It's four foots to a pound, eight, eight blips to a blop. It's how the American weight system works. I'm assuming an ash robot would be very heavy to catapult. So, so, so to give to give you an idea, to throw one stone's worth of weight, you'd have to spend a third level spell slot. Okay, so that's not going to work for catapulting uh, Ash then. You can't call a you cannot catapult people. No. In that case, I'm gonna misty step to whoever is the the closest to like where we came in. Like, I want to I want to start misty stepping towards like backing out of this place. All right, so Frank, you use your turn to get as far away from Ash as possible, going back towards the stairwell you came in to get back to the vault area. Um, uh, and it is Ed's turn. Marnus, while in Ed's body, uh, will look at Ash. Please, Ash, it doesn't need to end like this. And then he's going to use a sorcery point to 
cast disguise self as a subtle spell to not require any somatic or verbal component on himself to make Ed's chassis transform into that of the appearance of Mardis in front of Ash. And he will follow up by saying, We can still talk about this, Ash. And he will he will abstain from attacking this turn. While Ed in the uh, mage hands keep the gun trained on Ash. Do you want to make some kind of uh, charisma check? Deception? No, this is not him. Not, he's not being deceived. No, that's true. Yeah, it's not deception. Yeah. Would you prefer charisma or? It's a performance because you're trying to elicit sympathy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or you're trying to elicit an emotional reaction. Okay. Uh, 16 on the performance check then. You see he lowers his hands. I'll say that much. But it still looks like he's in turmoil. Reese, your turn. Can I please move my hold my action until after Ash goes? Because if not, I'm just going to do dodge again because I don't have anything else I can do right now. Yeah, you can do ready in action. So you say, I'm going to blank. I'm going to X when Y. All right. I don't have like the stuff for that. I'm kind of waiting to see how things go. So I'll just dodge. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and follow Frank's lead and try and get closer to the exit. So I'm going to do Misty Escape. I have taken damage so I can teleport up to 60 feet. I'm going to go over by where Frank is. All right, Lenora, you start going with Frank towards the exit. Mm-hmm. And it is Ash's turn. Um, Ash is squarely focused on Ed, who has used an illusion to look like Mardis's body back when he was an Eladrin, before he was yes. uh, changed into a form. Um, do you want to describe that a little bit? Because this season we haven't really talked about Mardis as a person. Mardis, as you noted, is an Eladrin. So the form, basically, it's still in Ed's clothes. It's just that the face is that of uh, of an Eladrin. So it's an elf, but more magical. The eyes basically glint with magic, but lack pupils. Um, he has sort of faint, uh, like somewhere between white and blonde hair that's sort of wispy. Other By other impressions, he looks like just an elf in a suit standing in front of Ash. Ash walks forward. Uh, puts his non-acidic poisonous hand on Mardis's shoulder and kind of pulls you close. Mm-hmm. And he whispers in your ear, To destroy a cancer, one must become poison. And that spark inside of his bullet hole explodes um, as he turns on his damaged electromagnetic electromagnetic pulse Mm -hmm. and pushes you away from him uh, through where the statue used to be. And he's going to try to blast you out of the window. All right. Constitution saving throw. Uh, Natural 20. All right. So you tell me what happens. He kind of draws you close. There used to be a statue between you guys and the window, but it's fallen over now. Mm -hmm. And he tries, he basically uh, turns on this damaged device and almost suicide bombs you, but not to, sh- to explode you, but to push you out this window of this temple that is very high up. Ooh, there's two ways I could go with this. One is basically uh, Mardis is able to catch himself in the window opening and like kind of stand there defiantly. And the other is that he catches himself, but just barely. So he's basically hanging out of the window, holding it by one hand, uh, alluding to what happened back when Ash first dropped him off a building, you know. Back with it. I like that second one. 
Yeah, so basically, it looks like uh, the body of Mardis is thrown backwards out the window entirely, but then as sort of the shockwave resolves out, a lone hand is seen gripping the edge of the windowsill as he refuses to fall. Uh, so is this is this Mardis's hands? Ed's hands? You have four hands. I want to try to picture this perfectly. So th- this 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 is this is the the mage hand sort of d- push away, so they're not quite anywhere nearby. So it's just Mardis's hands, you know, as uh, via the disguise, gripping the edge of the windowsill. Um, as you know, he hasn't fallen, but he's you know been pushed out almost entirely of the window. Ed is dangling out of the window, holding onto the ledge. Uh, Ash has nearly uh, chest bursted himself, basically. Like his entire front abdomen is blown out. The metal is like twisted into um, almost like a, a, a maw, like an ant lion mouth or something. Um, and he is severely damaged. Uh, that device was damaged when he fell out of the 108th story window. It used up uh, its most powerful setting to keep him from dying on impact. And it was damaged, which is why he hasn't been deflecting bullets during this fight. Mm-hmm. And Turning it on was very bad for him. Uh, actually, I'm going to say combat is basically over. He can't fight anymore, but he walks over to the window and looks down on you, uh, Ed slash Martis, as you are dangling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank and Lenora, you're on the far, far side. You're way too far to get involved in this. Reese, you were standing by scared. Uh, so Reese will run over to where Ed is. She's a very naive person, so... If he wanted to, he could just rip her apart because she's not trying to go by defensively. She's trying to get to Ed, uh, but she's got baby arms, essentially. So she's no good at lifting people up. So instead, oh, fuck, actually, it might be better for me to do this because Ed has like a sixth strength. Um, yeah. Ed's arms are damaged because the last time he was dangling, Ash dropped him and he got severely damaged. So we've come full circle. Yep. But this time he has friends. <laughs> I can try to pull him up. He should get stronger friends, is what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Ash kneels down. He's ignoring you, Reese, and he has his claws out. It looks like he's just going to stab you through the hand and force you to fall. This time you will be killed. Can I mush his face against the wall? Kick him. (laughs) Like just smash, like just fucking like palm him, like head into wall. Do robots, do robots go unconscious like that? Like in movies with people? No. Damn. No. So, so can I roll insight real quick to gauge whether it seems that Ash is intent to just try to kill me off right now, or is that pretty much automatically inherent? I mean, you can roll it. We never do insight checks on this show. Up uh, 16. That's pretty good. Um, you know that uh, Ash is at kind of war with himself. He has always harbored a secret uh, kind of desire to be saved from his lot in life but he pushed that down and was a good soldier and it wasn't until he was damaged by falling off of sharp financial that he like his literally you guys are aware of the story of Fi- the story of phineas gage correct? oh sure yeah 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 uh so something like that happened phineas gage for those who don't know uh, was a man who had a, a railway spike driven through his head and his personality changed uh, he became basically a different person because your brain kind of determines your personality. And something similar happened to Ash. He didn't become a different person, but his uh, cold assassin demeanor became much less prominent in favor of what used to be kind of his inner desire for freedom. And that, that he's at war with himself. So part of him wants to save you and, and for you to save him. And part of him thinks, fuck this whole world. I'm going to, if people don't want to be saved, everyone 
everyone should be dead because what's the difference? So he's at war with himself. My mental image is to cast major image for like a little like kid ash, like a propeller being used like, don't do it, mister. We can be better than this. <laughs> he was he was manufactured at this age. So I did solid Reese things. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love Reese. Reese, you're a treasure. I, I'll have Marta just say up to Ash, just like it doesn't have to end like this, Ash. All I have left is to choose. I've made my choice. And he plunges his syringe hand through the hand holding you out of the window. Can I rip? Can I just plunge my longsword into his chest if he's trying to go for that? Chris, you know damn well there's nothing more I would like than that. <laughs> so uh this this syringe head's coming down on ed and uh we go into anime time which is to say like a minute will pass but 22 minutes are actually gonna pass because mm-hmm. reese has to go through a lot of flashbacks right now mm-hmm. and she has to think back how she watched her her best friend die in a, an explosion and couldn't stop them but now she has a chance to save uh her new friend and even though it's something terrifying to her she doesn't have her bravery mask on she can't watch another friend die, even if it means doing something awful. And she's going to save her friend by plunging a blade into this robot's chest. To be clear, your cosplay sword yes. for the Sentai series Ultra Rangers. <laughs> yes, which is still sharp because cosplay rules in uh, Valentine are very loose. Nice. They're very they're very cool with uh, real weapons. All right. So into the gaping hole in his chest where the electromagnetic pulse exploded it uh you slam your sword impaling him and he does not kill ed you he is impaled on your sword reese what do you do can i try to help ed up first i (laughs) yeah you can do whatever you want in theory i can try to help mechanically i'm going to botch this to hell and back but (laughs) combat's over so you can take 10 to help ed up yeah like it once ed's up i can do something but if ed wants to do something no, 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 no. We'll just, we'll just, if, if you, if we can just say that you helped me out of the wind, up into the window, that's fine. We can just do that. That's easy enough. Ash stumbles back, looking down at the sword at his chest. Uh, Reese probably also slightly aghast at what she, what she has done. Uh, let's go. And Ash kind of takes a few steps back with the sword and Reese turns to help Ed up. Then once Reese is able to pull Ed up, mm-hmm. she's going to run over to Ash and she's going to try to cast Cure Wounds on him. Ash actually stumbles back into the body of Primus and kind of falls to a seated position up against it. He's leaning, uh, he has one hand uh, bracing himself and the other on the sword. And he's like laying against the body of Primus. And as you come over, trying to draw a picture, um, he like starts shaking his head. Reese is going to keep going forward. He says, please. Grant me this mercy. And then he drags the sword sideways through his own body, cutting himself in half. Oh, dear. It's a pretty damn sharp sword there, you know? I'm I'm assuming this is a chunky salsa moment. He is in two pieces. <laughs> and his two, his body falls next to the body of Primus, god of synthetic life forms 
This was not ideal for our, uh, be visible fighting him, huh? Beep boop! I got all that! Thank you, George, who is always secretly there with me. Reese's just gonna kind of, like, fall to her knees for a moment and just sort of, like, speechlessly stare at the scene. George, what did you get? How did you do it? Wow, George, you're the best. (laughs) (laughs) How much of that did you get, George? Do you want to see it, or should I stop uploading it to YouTube? Um, there's, is there, is there nothing incriminating of us in there? Oops. June 2018. Credits. Oh, it's June already? Goddamn. I'm sorry. I'm Austin Yorsky. This is Credits. You're Lauren Morgan. This is Credits. Wow, Credits. This is our intro, always. <laughs> it's always Wow Credits. Wow Credits. Uh, music this month. Trance version, an arrangement of theme from Ghost and Goblins by Overclock. Goblins. Remit. Goblins. Catch him in bed with a goblin. <laughs> no. Kissing goblins. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Overclock Remix, thank you. Also, Badass, an arrangement of One Week Angel from Final Fantasy VII. Also, Overclock Remix. And finally, Redesign Your Logo by Lemon Demon, a.k.a. Neil Sisierga. Catches, catches stuff. Catch the wave. Crave the wave. Gotta listen to that music. I feel like you're getting it down because you did it extra fast this month. The music? Yeah, you like got it out so fast. Wow, gotta go fast. You're like Sianic. I like that guy. Is it? They're making a movie out of that. Have you heard about that? Yeah, there's somebody who shouldn't be in it that was gonna be in it as like a person that was friends with Sonic, right? Uh, inappropriate for the credits recording. Anyway, executive producers, June 2018. You want to read? Joseph Tombrello. Oh gosh, I thought you were gonna say yes. I want to read, and then I would. No, start. we're doing it. We're just doing it. Okay. Well, Joseph Tombrello gets two, and then I'm gonna say Extellaris. Random web person. Jade. Jesse Young. Devin Smith. Sivarda Nakasimova. Arna Helgadotter. Brent. Every episode of Dice Funk. Goatly. The Cult of Gorfanax. Paul Mullen. Dr. Goatman. Toshira Kuro. Andrew Grothin. Levi the Young. Kevin Dobbins. Anthony Silver. Morgan Rapp. It up every time. Morgan Rapp. Morgan Rapp. Jane Magnet. Harley Astor. Garrett. Ryan Brown. Bronze Oni. Andrew Fallow. A- Andrew Falu, conduit of mediocrity itself. Puck. <laughs> From Shakespeare. <laughs> I Ionis. Soy my name Nicolopolis. Gosh. You put this in this order on purpose. Got her. Can let things smell. Shrek. It's ogre. You got Shrek. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Joaquin Groaning. Jerry Flowers. Jessval Singh. John Barnett. Q. Cumber. Hustlebones. Killer Cotton Shizno. Nicholas Dominic. Isaac Aravello. Yam. Anna Michael. Andrew Birmingham. Gina Helver. Douglas Williamson. The Most Wise Guru. Z. <laughs> it's Z23619. Oh, it was so far over, I didn't even notice. <laughs> quench, the, quench the void. No, I will not quench the void. You must. Adorkable smile. No, I'll quench it. V- Vizzy Huggles. 
J. Logan, conduit of queerness itself. Yes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say same. <laughs> same, but yes. The cast of Dungeons the Gathering. Madison Lilith McKenzie. The Notorious Stoltz. Victoria Melito. Scotty Vilhard. Aline. Mazjin. Criterion. Einar Johansson. Carter Rayner. Major Tem. Matthew B. Hare. Jorgen, conduit of name butchering. Wenwick Ford. Listen, we're doing our best. <laughs> we try really hard. I know, but it's good though. I like that everyone's adopted our lore as their naming convention and also that they keep owning us. Those They're are two owning very good things. Uh, please. Too much owning. Never too much owning. Joy, Joy Fox. Joy Fox. Joy Fox. Rizumi Yuzera. Albert West. Ken Firstall. Eleanor Nanante sees Periton. Scott Cummings. Starlight Glimmer did nothing wrong. Juman Jack. Melly Tish. Arjun DeKonig. Grimlock. John Potts. Noah Sudret. Zephosaurus. Elderly Goose. Salad Child. Seraph Stone. Caster UK. Aki Savalainen. The Paladin's Wife. Florian H. The Meat Copter Brigade. I don't know if that's a reference to something or if it's just awesome. It just awesome. sounds really metal. Yeah. The Meat Copter Brigade. I'm just going to say it again because it's very good. Junk 2.0. The Hadsels. Dominic Bowden. Melissa Nielsen. Don. Connor Reynolds. Pruitt Holcomb. Artemis BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Bristol. Francois V. Shanus. Dennis Pancake Detlefsen. Miko Kirko. <laughs> Mi- Miko from Finland. Miko from Finland. Dennis Bankston. Josh Moger. Indigo Van Dane. Five Purple Wands? <laughs> That's another good band name. <laughs> Uh, Sydney Marzing. Just the Jester. Brady Warner. Kitty Foe. James Neely. Marissa Donaldson. M. Joe. Lana Seawolf. Lana Seawolf. Lana? I feel like I say it one way or the other every time, and I feel like no matter how I say it, you always correct me because I feel like you're out to own me. No, it's Lana, like Lan party. Lan. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to cry. No, no, <laughs> not during There's the credits. There's no crying in credits. There's okay. no crying in credits. Uh, Toby Gleason Stack. Matthew Weber. Melissa Booker. Cameron Abbas. Dylan. Anna Stolfar. Sean, the host of Punk Dunk Plays. Harrison Andrew. Christopher Charlow. Dorrit. Vigor Arnston. Cody Jackson. That's all of them. We really fucked up this month. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I did my best. In our defense, mm-hmm. neither of us should be awake. That's true. Um, so other stuff that we do on this part is I say patreon.com slash Austin Yorski. That's me. Fish Shark Marketing edit- ended that other show I did. So this, oh, is, this is my income now. So that's oh, a thing. Help him, please. Please help the boy. Also, patreon.com slash weekly manga recap for Chris. Uh Bandcamp.skitch.skitch.skitch.bandcamp.skitch.bandcamp.skitch.bandcamp.skitch.bandcamp.skitch.bandcamp.skitch.bandcamp.skitch.bandcamp.skitch.bandcamp.skitch.b
Uh, <laughs> Juno Hecken Steel. I'm just looking through my likes here on Twitter. Chase Jones, Cosman Yawn, Levi the Ghoul, um, Adam Sane, Abyss123, Edmund Cap- Kapusniak. I'm very He's bad. Just trying. I'm trying very hard. Um, who else? Syretha. Yeah, everyone's art is killing it. Jessica Sims. What about Aline? Aline. Um, boop, boop, boop. There's a, there's a lot of people. Do we already say C questions? I don't know if they did any cards, but they do good art. Nicholas C, us, uh, at C questions on Twitter. Yeah. Okay. I usually see that. On t- I don't know. The, the internet. Jared Johnson. Everyone's art is phenomenal. And uh, thank you to uh, animals. Are you sure? Yeah, there's there's two cats here that are okay, I guess. Goblins. I have several scars because they're too clumsy. Uh, Smudge sounds like he's she's Smudge. Cat. Cat sounds good. Cat. Uh, Chris's dog. Scotia. Scotia. Scotia only gets this one. Scotia, no, because Chris <laughs> will murder us if we leave Scotia out ever again. Scotia's on notice. Scotia know it knows what it did. I don't know which. <laughs> I don't know pronouns. Scotia. Scotia did bo- work one time when we were recording. I think. I enjoyed it. Uh, also, to all the cats out there listening to the podcast, because I'm sure it happens. Meow. Oh boy.